Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Flipping Dreams. I'm your host, Heather Renee May. And this week, you are meeting Cabrina and Jimmy. This story brought tears to my eyes. It, I just, oh, I'm so excited to share this with you. So before the COVID-19 pandemic, Cabrina was at home taking care of their kids and running her own email marketing business from the home. And Jimmy was working in real estate management. But once COVID hit, he lost his job and she became the breadwinner of sorts. And it caused their whole marriage to turn upside down. And they literally found themselves in a counselor's office thinking that divorce was where they were headed. And oh my gosh, wait till you hear the story of how they turned things around and how not only did their marriage grow stronger, they ended up working together to build their business and they both have a renewed sense of love and respect for each other. So ah, it's, it's a wonderful story. So I hope you enjoy it. And again, you are here listening to Flipping Dreams dive in um welcome jimmy and cabrina to flipping dreams and i am super excited to hear about how you have pivoted and done some really amazing things during this crazy covid quarantine time so um yeah where would you like to start you want to give me a little bit of kind of your backstory and yeah so um this is really fun for us because this is the first podcast that we've been on together yeah um, as a couple, because we actually just hired Jimmy on to the business. It's been just a little over a month ago. Mm-hmm. So we, it's been a long time coming, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're always like, this is the thing that we're going to do. And so four years ago, when my son was born, I looked at him in our living room in our small little condo and said, I'm going to bring you home in a year. And obviously that didn't happen. We got to that gear point and I was like, I'm making money, but I'm not ready. What if this fails? I'm not going to be able to do this. This is not sustainable. And we were pregnant with our third baby at that time. And so we were like, okay, um, maybe it's better, you know, insurance. It's so hard to get insurance and that's connected to a job. And so maybe we'll never leave the whole job thing. And then in October of this last year, um, he lost his job Mm -hmm. and we were like, okay, it's time to go find a new job. You know, we didn't really like that last one anyways. There was problems there. And then our daughter was born in January and our fourth baby was born in January and she was a month early. Mm. So she came at 33 weeks and we ended up being in the NICU for a whole month. Oh, scary. And then we brought her home and three days later, they shut down the world. 
and he was supposed to start a job that next week and they emailed him and said unfortunately because of all this stuff going on coronavirus and us not knowing what the next steps are we're not we're freezing hiring and we were like okay oh my god um, nothing like that to make you completely like anxiety ridden and yeah <laughs> yeah so we were like okay what do we do now um <laughs> what's the plan and so we decided to pull our kids out of preschool because our newborn was still on oxygen and we were like okay she's super high risk we have no idea what this thing is or who it affects or any of that and when they started talking about the whole oxygen piece I was like oh my gosh how is this happening and so I came down one day he was freaking out I was in a mess and I just was sitting at my desk sitting here thinking and I came downstairs and said here's the plan this is what we're doing and we'll figure out the job thing. Cause they said, Oh, we'll get back to you next month. Well, that month came and went. And then we waited an extra month that came and went and we didn't hear back. And they were like, Oh, we're still working on it. We're still working on it. When he would inquire and we were sitting in marriage counseling one day and we're like, well, you know, he'll probably get this job once everything settles down and things start opening up again, moving into month three of him being unemployed after we brought our daughter home and our counselor was like, well, you want to hire somebody on anyways. Right. And I was like, yeah, you know, I really need to hire on a VA in order for us to grow this business and to make it more sustainable for me because I'm working so many hours trying to get everything done and servicing all of our clients. And she was like, and how much would he make at this job? And so we sat there during counseling and did all the math. And she's like, is there insurance with this job? And we were like, no, we were going to find a private insurance. And she just looked at us like we had three heads <laughs> and was like, why don't you just hire him onto your business? And it was like the light bulb went off when somebody else told us. Yeah. But we were like, yeah. Isn't that like life though? Sometimes it takes a complete outsider to point out the obvious and you're like, oh, right. Well, we, because you're so focused on like the plan being like this and you're not even thinking that yeah yeah so we were so in the weeds of well how does this we make this work what does this look like oh the security of what we've been taught our whole entire lives from our parents of a job is secure and doing this thing that's creative and fun that you've created yourself that's not secure that's a and, hobby. That's something you do on the side, but you have yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know, our whole marriage until he lost his job was everybody saying, oh, that's so cute. So nice that you can do something for the family to bring in a little extra money. And I was like, if only you knew. Well, it's just interesting because, because I was kind of like, oh, that, on the, oh, that's cute too train for a long time you know like i was like oh you've been staying home on you're taking care of the kids you also got a business on the side you work so hard <laughs> isn't Literally, that precious Aww. i had no idea uh how hard she was working to make this business run mm, i love that i love that view okay now tell me about your business kibrina and then and then i also want to hear jimmy what you were doing before you made this transition so yeah, so what the business is, is we do email marketing and business consulting. 
for entrepreneurs and small businesses. So what we do is a three-part series where we talk about how to get seen on social, which we call social to scene, which is actually getting people on your email list. How do you do that? Quizzes, bots, all the technology pieces that go into that. And then we have what we our core offering, which is scene to sale, which is the system. What does it look like once you get these people as a subscriber and how do you nurture them into the sale and make them raving fans? And then our third part, which is what makes us really unique, is we take two to three of your offerings and we automate the whole entire process of launching. Mm. So you're never launching manually again. That sounds amazing. That's yeah, not something that I that. need, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. And how did you even, how did you get involved in that to begin with? Yeah. So when we first got married, we were, had a five-year plan. I did not want children at all. Obviously that didn't work out. I was going to uh, say, you have four now. That kind of backfired. <laughs> something. <yeah>. something. <laughs> so we were doing the whole birth control. This for sure won't, we for sure won't get pregnant. We got married in April and found out in December that we were pregnant. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh my gosh, I felt so guilty for the longest time because I was like, I don't want kids. What am I supposed to do now? Like, I can't just not have this baby now. And so we ended up having our first. And that once they put her on top of me, I was like, oh my gosh, where have you been all my life? Aww. And then after the, the rest was just history. At that point. <laughs> so I was a photographer and, you know, it was really easy. It was a side gig. So I could be home with her during the week while he was at work because childcare is exuberant. And then I could do photo shoots at night and on the weekends because that's when people got photos taken anyways. Perfect. And then as she got bigger and I couldn't do that as much and he started working weekends, then it was like, okay, I, I taught sign language at the library because I could take her along with me. And she just sat in her car seat and was really sweet. And then our second came along when she was one, she was 22 months when our second was born. And then they started walking and moving around and leaving the classroom. And I was like, okay, now it's time to figure something else out because I can't bring this baby with me. And and people really father, frown on like duct taping them to things. Yes. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's something that um, I can totally understand. I mean, I remember pulling all of my stuff out of the car to teach sign language and sweating as I'm putting it all in the, my double stroller, making sure that everything's like sitting nicely so I can go in and be all perky and teach sign language to all these babies and then drag everybody back home. And by the end of it, I was exhausted and I was like, I'm not making enough money doing this for it to last before I lose my mind. And I didn't have enough one-on-one -on -one clients teaching sign language privately to make it worth it because I had to move my schedule around based on when he was home or mm -hmm. when my kids were sleeping and could do something digitally. So I started looking into this blog world and I was like, I'm just going to start a blog. So we wrote a course on sign language that did not, it totally flopped. Mm -hmm. We spent so many hours building this amazing course and had no idea what to do with it. So then we went into okay, I, Cabrina has to find a remote job because we need the extra money. And I was not going to get into anything where I had to sell anything to anybody. Cause I just, it was beyond mm -hmm. my scope of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, it has to be remote and it has to have no startup fees and it has to be like a legit company. So those were my three categories. And 
I applied for all these tech companies and then ConvertKit emailed me back and said, we want you to be on our team and do customer service. And I was like, great. I know about marketing. That's what my background's in. And I know customer service because I used to work at Disneyland. So between those two things, I'm sure I can figure out the tech stuff. I learned coding by being thrown into the pool in the deep end with not knowing how to swim. And so 40 hours a week, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And I'm just going to do all the scary things and ask the scary questions and figure this out. And about two months in, I was like, okay, I think I have a good understanding of this. So then people started asking me marketing questions and I'd be like, oh yeah, you can segment them this way and do all these upsells and downsells that are very basic marketing ideals that you learn in an actual marketing program like we did in college. And they're like, oh my gosh, can you consult on the side? Do you do that? And I was like, no. So then I took on a few free clients just to get my feet wet mm -hmm. and found that that's what I'm really good at. <laughs> and that great. Yeah. And it was great because I would go to convert kids conference that's called craft and commerce and people would be like, Oh, can I work with you? And I'd come home with two or three clients every year. And that would be just like what we would do the whole year. And like, I have one client who's been with me for several years at this point. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that they end up getting away from because we enjoy working together so much. That's amazing. That is so cool. And I love how kind of random, but like you ended up kind of falling right into the path that you were meant to anyway. Like, yeah, it's, it's funny amazing. because I thought I was going to be the first female youngest CEO of Disney. And that's why I had a bachelor's in business and leadership and mm. all these different things. And then all of the marketing background that I have ended up putting me exactly where I needed to be, where I really thrive doing what I do. Cause yeah. and years ago, if you would have said, yeah, you're going to be an entrepreneur. I would have been like, I don't want to do all that. Starting a business is hard. Isn't that interesting? And now you get to be home and be with your babies and like, and, and now get to work with your husband, which hopefully that's going well. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was a transition. Um, <laughs> we had to learn how to communicate very well and how to divide mentally what is time at work and what is time being husband and wife and parents, which mm. nobody prepares you for. <laughs> no, that's really interesting because I come from, so my parents have worked together now for years and my brother, um, works with them. And like, so like I come from like a family of you know, couples that do a lot of things very closely together or working in the same office. And, mm -hmm. um, and it, that's really interesting. The idea of like figuring out what that balance, that separation, figuring out how to like, because I'm sure you've got to figure, you've got to find your time, your like space for yourself as well, because you're also coming up, you've got kids in the mix too. So there's not a lot of time. There's a lot of attention demands and not a lot of time for each of you. So, um, that's gotta be a little bit of a juggle. Yeah. Um, I definitely subscribe to the 4am club because I need to get that work done early so that by the time my kids are awake and they're like, I want to snuggle, I want to cuddle, let's read 16 <laughs> books before we go to preschool. Um, 
I have that mental space to not be like, but I need to get to work. Yeah. And I have all these things. This my to-do list is so long because I knocked that out in the best time for me, which is the morning. Mm. That's amazing. Okay. So Jimmy, tell me a little bit about like what you were doing before you joined, um, your wife's amazing entrepreneurship. And also I want to hear more about this moment in time when you were like, oh my gosh, this is really a lot of work. And she's like, amazing. (laughs) Well, really like, um, I gotta be honest, I was selfish a lot of years in our marriage. Cause I always like, I always kind of puffed my chest out saying I'm the breadwinner, blah, blah, blah. Cause uh, I worked at a rental car company and I was working about, uh, I was working about 48 to 55 hours a week easily. And then um, the last job I had before I got let go was at property management. And I was overseeing the maintenance for about 800 properties. Mm. Uh, kind of like, kind of like by myself on that point. <laughs> so I was constantly going into work early. I was um, always coming home late, and I was salaried. So that so I didn't make any more for going in early. I didn't make any more for staying in late. And like for me, I always thought of like, oh, if I work my butt off, you know, eventually I'll get this extraordinary raise that we're going to live on. <laughs> that is going to make solve all our problems and help everything go away. Uh, come, come to our review. Uh, I was given a 2% raise. And that's that po- Yeah. And at that point, like I kind of, uh, I think it's the owners of this company, but at that point, like I, I kind of really felt disheartened just cause like, you know, I'd sacrificed a lot of events. Like I was being on call, when we went to see uh, Sesame Street play, you know, people dealing with emergencies. Like I, we were just being, I was on call a lot and answering phone calls in the middle of the night. And I just remember coming home and just fit and my wife just getting, just telling me, it's like, why are you working so much? Why are you working this hard, but not bringing home, but not bringing home enough. And, and like I- at first I took it like, you know, I kind of took it as an insult to my character. And like, I just continued to have a huge ego buff up my chest and be like, you know, like, well, you don't understand what it's like to work this hard. <laughs> like, like I was just exhausted. I was burned out. Come October, I'll lose my job. So I was like, great. What do I do now? I try going back into the insurance world. Um, one month I sold more, more items than anybody else in the office. Brought home a paycheck that couldn't even cover the mortgage. And I just remember just like seeing my wife just continue to work hard and hard. And literally it got to the point where we had to use the savings that Cabrina was going to use to take off when the baby was born. Mm. So that was, so I think that was the worst day of my life when she told me, you know, I really can't take a maternity leave Mm. because of all the bills are stacking up. And like, literally it felt like a train hit me in that moment. Well, and I think legitimately our culture prepares men that, you know, that is a shared perspective of being the breadwinner of having that pressure. And also we still hold on to those ideas of like from 
days of the pension of like, we'll be taken care of if we just put all of our time and energy and money, if we stay, if we stick with them, we'll be taken care of and we'll be seen and appreciated. And I think that is all changing dramatically right now in our, yes. you know. Yeah. And for me, I found that lesson out the hard way because, but really when I kind of noticed my wife started working hard was six hours after our daughter was born, she was on a conference call with one of the clients and I literally like stood there like kind of with my mouth dropped and I was like I can't believe you're doing that yeah well and we hadn't told anybody because I had this long email that I was going to send out that next Monday of hey you know I'm going to be taking maternity leave I'm, I'm due in about a month um just to let you know this is what it'll look like and we didn't get to that day because all of a sudden our water broke <laughs> And which has never happened in all four of my children. This is the only time that it ever broke by itself. Yeah. And we were like, okay, well, this is different. <laughs> so we had baby, baby was in a month for NICU, came home. I was trying to find a job where I was going to make, make the mortgage. And then, and then COVID hit. And quickly overnight, I literally became a stay-at-home dad with Cabrina working her butt off to help maintain us so we could stay in our house. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like for me, like I, I was, I was scared beyond all reason. And then I was like, well, if you're watching the kids right now. Don't apply for crappy jobs, you know, cause that's not going to help. And I was like, well, watching the kids shouldn't be that hard. And literally I found out how hard it was it was like working from the moment you got up to the moment you got to sleep uh and literally during this whole time i'm watching cabrina get up early working on her business and she's like jimmy i'm doing this with my business i'm doing that with my business and i was she didn't know it, but i was listening in on her conversations with her clients and i literally like it Literally, like I was taken back and I said, Cabrina has so much more leadership skills and knowledge-based skills on business than I ever did. Mm, wow. We were so blessed that everybody yeah. was going online because we were like, well, for me, I was like, this is no change. Yeah. Like, You're like, join the party. I've been here yeah. all along. Like, I was yeah. like, oh yeah, everybody's Zooming. Isn't this fun? <laughs> yeah. And our daughter, who was five at the time, she just turned six. Um, she looked at me the first day that she was home and she was like, so mom, you drop us off at preschool and then come back to quarantine every day? <laughs> and I was like, that's not what it was called before. <laughs> yeah. But, but oh, and just for me to continue, I just began to notice like all these leadership qualities that Cabrina had and just like literally like my perspective or what culture taught me about, you know, being a tough man, just uh, sticking my chest out and working, like literally it began to melt away just because I noticed the decisions she was making and I was like, they're pretty smart. And not only that, but they're pretty good. Then like when we were in counseling, they're like, well, yeah, you two should work together. And I said, on one condition, you know, like what? I'm like, she's the boss. Wow. So, so like for me, like, I don't like when people say, oh, you know, you work with her in, in business. I'm like, yes, she's the boss though. Like, you know, she, she leads the command and like, I do everything I can to help support her. 
Yes, in we, that had to business. Do, we had to do a total culture shift of mm-hmm. what we had been taught our whole entire lives. And thank God for marriage counseling. Yes. Because we literally had to be like, okay, I have more of the, what people deem as the male energy. And he has more of the female energy mm-hmm. coming, especially from the youth pastor perspective. He's much better with the kids than I ever could be, even as like the mom in you with all the hormones and stuff. So we had to say, okay, we fought it for the first several weeks of him being on the business officially of, okay, you know, hey, what decision do you want to make here? And I kind of fell back into those, what I would normally do if we were making a big life decision. Like deferring to him. as Yeah. Being, yeah. Yeah. And being so, supportive of him. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. We had to figure out, okay, I make the final decision. This is my business. You work for me. And it sounded really weird when we first started saying it of like, I'm in charge. And that's the bill stops with Cabrina, not with Jimmy. And so it was a huge shift for us. And it was really strange. And I cannot tell you how many, we might as well have just been business coaching because that's what counseling was for quite some time of, you know, this is what the business is doing. This is what clients are doing. These are the decisions that we're making and kind of just bouncing what we were going through off of the lens of how does this affect us as a couple, as a business and our marriage as a whole. Wow. This is so fascinating. I feel, I find myself kind of coming to tears a little bit watching you um, because I'm so like, it's just, I'm kind of speechless. This is just so amazing. Your love for each other is so great. And the fact that you like, I mean, not only did you have to transform so much of what you've been taught culturally, so much of what you thought you were supposed to be doing, facing really, really difficult financial issues, but then also you flipped it and now you actually, it seems like probably your marriage is better for it. Yeah. It's definitely made us communicate better and it's funny because (laughs) I was so nervous about hiring people on because I didn't want to one lose control and two I had no idea where to start training them and so starting with him has actually been great because the kerfuffles between communication and trying to be like here's what I need you to do has taught me a lot as a business owner of okay when we hire on our next hire very very soon because we need them uh what does that training look like? How are we putting that into place? And how do we, as Mike McCallowitz puts it, clockwork our business so that I can step more into the visionary role, which is where I thrive. Mm-hmm. And then he can start stepping into that role as well as we hire on more people and train people up to do social media management and audits and email marketing and all these little pieces that the agency does. Wow. Um, this is just, uh, I am just fascinated. This is so awesome. And I hope that listeners are like, like, this is like making little, like, like light bulbs flash in people's heads right now of like, wow, you can do things differently. Um, and, and really it's like you were, you were forced into the situation of kind of transforming your roles and Mm -hmm. seeing things differently, but it really did take, you, you had to be open to it. And I think that a lot of what I talk about on this podcast or a lot of these topics that I bring up is this idea of having that open growth mindset of being like, 
first of all, if you if you're doing this as a couple or a family, like you, it, teamwork. I mean, teamwork does make the dream work, and you have to make sure that that's like your your main goal uh, is to help your family be better. And then you know, beyond that, it's like figuring out how to um, try different things and be open to maybe letting go with of some of those like long-held beliefs that you've had for forever or that people i mean like like for instance did what were the uh responses from your family and friends as you were making this transition um not super positive <laughs> no actually, actually uh <laughs> like um, my dad i love him but he is 100 percent like staunch conservative. He's like, Jimmy, you make the decisions of the house. Like this is, this shouldn't be like, you know, I thought like, you know, you'd be making these decisions. And I was like, um, yeah, the, the comment sorry. was why is Cabrina the one who has the final say? I and mean, so the feminist came out in me and I was like, all oh, flared up. And I was like, <laughs> why can't I make the final decision? <laughs> no. And you know, I just, I finally had to put my foot down. And in fact, I had to stand up to my family. I'm like, listen, you don't have to agree with this, but this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what. I mean, like I'm going to say, at the end of the day, I'm here to support Cabrina and make sure that this business flourishes. If you don't like that, I'm sorry, but this is our lives. This is what we are choosing. Yeah, and it 100% would have been totally different if he was the one who ran the business. I can see with 100% certainty the business would have fallen into the ground. <laughs> also, it sounds like the business is really booming right now, too, because he's joined and he's taken this this understanding that you are leading and like and embracing that. So because of that, he's probably, uh, it sounds like you're, you, you both are playing to your strengths and you're like doing what you do well and you're doing it, but it's helping the business overall. Yeah, well, and the biggest reason that we never did the jump earlier was because, you know, everybody says, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And when we came to a point where we didn't have any choice but to put our eggs in one basket, we just went all in, and then it made it to where there was a clear path. Like, we didn't have to worry about, well, he's going to be gone at work all day. I'm going to have the kids this time. Oh, somebody's homesick, so I can't work today. I have to move all my scheduling around we were able to say, okay, well, we can pull on more clients. How many more clients do we want to pull on? What's Mm -hmm. sustainable for us? And then it's opened us up to create our own courses and to have our own launch coming up that we can actually say, okay, now we can help more people. We don't have to just do this one-on-one anymore because now I can say, okay, I'm locking myself. This is our closet. And I can lock myself in the closet and record everything for our course because Mm -hmm. I know he's taking care of the clients. He's writing the emails. He's doing all of the social media for the people that we manage so that I don't have to. And, and did you find that it was a big shift? Because I feel like, okay, so for you, Cabrini, you were already in this remote world and, Mm -hmm. but, um, and, and for a lot of people that this quarantine COVID-19 time has forced people to be online, to be digital, to be remote when they've never done it. Um, Jimmy, did you find it as like a difficult shift for you to all of a sudden no longer be seeing people face to face and, and going to properties and doing all of that? I think one of the big, one of the biggest things was is that the some of the businesses I was in, 
it could have been done remote. Mm. And in fact, you know, being at, uh, being in, in the online world, especially when managing properties, you know, I was doing work at home, but I had to go in for office hours. And one of the things I found the shift was, was that, you know what, being like, yeah, like a couple decades ago, this would have been impossible. But today with the technology we have, it's easier to work online from the comfort of your home. Mm-hmm. You know, like, from, like for me, I found it to be an actually an easier transition to do that because, you know, it takes off the stress of, oh, I got to, I've got to hop in the car in the morning and make the commute to work. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. It let it takes off the strain in some areas and yeah, it's a new world and I'm still learning about it. However, there's just a different feeling of being able to work from home and get the work done. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and for me, I found it actually, actually because of the way my wife taught me and which transitioned to me, it was actually very easy. Mm. Yeah, I think for sure, if you have someone helping you, like figure out the tools, figure out the resources. Um, and yeah, for sure. I think that's one of the things that um, I, I've been hoping that people find through these conversations and during this time of like looking at obstacles as opportunities and really seeing that like we have so many resources and so many people that are able to help teach. And like you can YouTube or Google pretty much anything right now so like the the idea that you you actually if you did have some distant business idea and you've been furloughed or you're you know you're home when you weren't before and you're trying to figure out how to pivot now is the time to try those things because like you why not like really and and ultimately you might end up finding that you love doing something different and this this job that you held on to thinking that it was your golden egg is actually really not worth it in the in the long run so i think the whole world found out that all these places that they had been working for 10 15 20 years threw them under the bus the second that they had the chance and mm. it was of no fault of anyone's but nobody saw what has happened this year coming yeah. There was no way we could have prepared for it. Yeah. And like for me, like, you know, one thing, a hard truth I had to realize about companies, because I was giving my time and energy to these companies, holding for that better position, hoping for that promotion. I realized quickly that that can, they can change their minds overnight. And it could be they relatively could feel, arbitrary, right? Yeah. Like, they could yeah. fill your position within a week. Yeah. And that was a hard truth I had to realize, but that one thing that wasn't going to change was my family wasn't going to change as my wife. What's well, not going to change are my kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, we literally had to sit down and be like, what are our long-term goals? And, you know, eventually I don't want written on my gravestone, uh, had so many business deals that he was so successful. What I want on my, what I want is my, kids my grandkids you know i want them being around saying he was a good man or my wife that she was a good woman and that they were there for us and they showed us how to live and that's what i want well and it gives us the opportunity as entrepreneurs because we hopefully you didn't you're not going into business to just make money because that's not it's not going to fulfill you but Mm -hmm. it also is not going to keep the longevity of doing it we get to change the culture of you know these big businesses which are not bad by any means um but because of the bigness of it 
you forget the people. You forget who you're helping. And if Disney taught me nothing, it was the things that are going on in the parks, those little moments, people getting a fast pass, people getting, I used to carry around like little golden slippers for, you know, you see a kid crying. Those are the moments that people remember. And that's what makes companies thrive. And it's just pushing that out there that you can help more people, whether that's what we do of actually helping people create a system so that they can have a life outside of their business. Or if it's, you know, doing music lessons or teaching people how to paint. These things are so important and we take it for granted because we put money to what we do versus what is this bringing to people? How many people am I helping versus how much am I making? And how much is it bringing like, it's fulfilling you. Like if you're, if you were tapped into what you're, if you're working and doing things that are like in alignment with your own personal vision statement of your legacy, of your, like what you want to stand for, then you are ultimately like, you're doing what you love. You are going to transform people's lives and the money will follow. I really believe that. I believe that, and it won't really even matter because you're not going to be so focused on it. You're going to be more focused on making the difference. So mm-hmm. um, I think if you had any advice to give to other couples or people who are listening to this and thinking, I'm still not sure I want to take the leap or I'm not like, um, what, what would you tell them? I mean, from a woman perspective, I know one of the biggest things, especially that we started out with is sometimes your spouse is not supportive and it's because not necessarily because they're a bad person or any of that. It's because they don't understand how this world works and that it is possible to make money doing this. We have a bad taste in our mouth from other businesses that were considered remote that didn't do it right and Mm -hmm. that still don't do it right. And it's one of those things where you have to show them and be understanding that this is a totally new world for them. Because like you asked us about how our family reacted to it, they're getting better now that they see that this is sustainable and that we make more money than a lot of them that are in full-time nine to five jobs. They're like, oh, maybe this isn't as bad as we gave it a wrap for. Mm -hmm. And then giving yourself grace, especially as a mom, that it's not going to happen as fast as you want it to. Like it took two and a half solid years before we were at a spot where I felt like I was making the money that I needed to, to support all of us. And I'm glad that we got there before this point, but you know, don't feel like you need to quit your job tomorrow in order to make things work. Because sometimes that dead end job that you hate is what finances the dreams for the long run. Yeah. And I think also there's something to be said for that, the endurance factor. I think if, if you're really passionate about what you're doing and you really enjoy it, then that will get you through that length of time because there is a period of time and we, we see all the happy Instagram, you know, happy stories. Uh, but we don't, what we, what we miss, we see the highlight reel. We miss like the, 
two years or five years or whatever, all that time in between where you've had dead ends and you've been, you know, frustrated or had doubts and been just like churning, churning, churning. And all of that builds resilience, but it also, um, I think that like what helps you through that is, is knowing that A, you're making a difference and you're doing something that is important to you, like ultimately. Yeah. And I mean, I can tell you that like, it's, our story is really fun now that we're in this spot, but I can tell you that October, the day he lost his job, I was sitting in counseling, figuring out what getting divorce papers would look like seven and a half months pregnant. Mm, Scary. Something like that. But you know, it was one of those things where if it wasn't for this, what people would consider bad things that had happened and he hadn't lost his job, there's a good chance that we wouldn't even be married and we wouldn't even be in the spot that we are now. So it's, I like to joke that it's like when you redirect your kids from the negative to the positive, we had to really quickly say, okay, well, this isn't working out. How can we make it work in our favor and redirect ourselves to make it work out? Oh yeah. And I do think that there, you know, there are blessings that are hidden sometimes in some very, very dark moments in our lives. Like I think that we think that whatever is not working, it's, it's horrible and it's bad and we need to run away from it. But actually I think that sometimes if we have the strength to really be honest with ourselves and look at those areas and, and go through the rough patches that that's when we actually learn the lessons and we actually like break down our pride and figure out like new directions and, and, um, and then that's when the blessing really appears. So I think that that's amazing that you got through that because I'm sure that many people are listening to this. I'm sure a lot of people have been to that same exact crossroads, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, like, and one of the things I would say to couples is particularly, particularly to those who maybe have their guard up or something like that. I'm like, you know what? Let your guard down. It's okay. No one's going to hurt you. <laughs> no one's going to come at, no one's going to come after you. And yeah, some people might be, Oh, watch what they're doing. Oh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's what you were put here to do that matters the most. And you can always go get another J O B. It's like, that's what we had yeah. to accept is that. Yeah what if this does fail? It could. And there's always another job out there. We can always start another business. We can always find another job. It's not like going in on this determines how the rest of our life is going to go. But it could also be the stepping stool to a better place that we wouldn't know unless we try. And also, I think you're really highlighting an important part of like, like your your worth is not your job. Like mm-hmm. you want to live your life each and every day, filling it with purpose and doing things that are meaningful. And we all, I mean, unless we're independently wealthy, we need to work uh, to make money for those things. But um, but ultimately, your your worth is more than that. It's it's different. It's your family. It's the people you talk to. It's the moments that you leave people with. It's the words. It's all of those things. And I think that um, I really like that you, you recognized that like early, like you were like, okay, now, because then what it does, it kind of shifts life from being this have to, to can, 
where you're like, okay, mm -hmm. so we can try this thing and we're going to do it together. And then if that doesn't, if we don't like where it goes or it doesn't pan out the way we want, then we can go to something else. And it's like, instead of seeing it as this like path that you must go down, you, it, it kind of opens up a lot of possibilities and gives you the control over your lives, which yeah. is really beautiful. Yeah. Well, and then you don't have to worry about, am I going to get let go tomorrow? Is this, am I not going to have a job because of the pandemic? You know, am I missing every moment with my children? And that's not to say that any of either side is, has it's easy breezy because it's easy to see that when you're listening to stuff like this yeah. to like, if we could give you a little glimpse into there is a silver lining, but that silver lining still has the rain cloud inside of it. Mm, that's good. Yeah. That is really, really amazing. Um, I don't know if you had an opportunity to think of, I usually do a quote every show. I don't know if you have a favorite quote or I, both of you have, I, we could do a twofer if you have <laughs> different quotes, but um, I don't know if you have anything you'd like to share with listeners. You have one you're, you're the quote person? <laughs> uh, we're both Disney fanatics. The one that comes to mind is Meet the Robinsons uh, quote where Disney says, keep moving forward. Mm, that's good. And where it's, even though it's like, yeah, it's a child movie, still one of my favorites. How he's like, well, what if I mess up? Well, what if this happens? What if this happens? And, and the guy's like, there's like, you have to just keep moving forward. And rather than looking at failure, like as like, oh, you failed, you, you know, like you failed, you suck or something like that. Like a failure as a teacher. Be like, okay, this is what happened. What can I learn from this to succeed next time? What didn't I do right to succeed? Mm -hmm. And you know what? I honestly believe that it's through our failures we learn how to be successful. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it would be going off of the failures of like failing forward. And I have no idea who this quote is by, but it's the idea of um, failure is the season of life. So it actually is what gives it the flavor. Um, but the one that we come to a lot and anybody who's in the entrepreneurial space, if you have not seen Frozen 2, like it is a must watch because it's like the whole entrepreneurial journey and two different people. Um, but one of the things that Anna says at the end is do the next right thing. And sometimes that's the only thing that you can do is just the next right thing. Because sometimes it's, there's so much tech and so-and-so is doing this and this guru is doing that. And what's right for me is not necessarily right for everybody. Yeah. That is so good. I love all of that. I can tell you what we felt. Yeah. We felt a lot like Anna when I lost my job. We sat in the theater watching it and I was like bawling. I was like, this is the whole entrepreneurial journey and this is how I feel. Oh, wow. Okay. I haven't seen it. So now I need to, I will, uh, yes. I'm putting it down. <laughs> Disney plus. Disney plus. There we go. <laughs> they can but. sponsor your show. That's it. Yes. That'd be great. <laughs> um, wow. Well, okay. Um, how can people reach you if they're interested in hiring you or checking out your courses? Yeah. So you can find us at cabrinabudwell.com. 
and we do tips and tricks as well as um, Facebook lives in our private Facebook group, which is totally free to join called Future Fueled Entrepreneur. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to share all of your links uh, in the show notes. And um, yeah, this is this has been um, really a great conversation and really interesting. I hope that um, listeners, this has kind of piqued a lot of curiosity for people and also just encouraged that like um, two is stronger than one. You know, I think that, you know, we need men and women. We need to be together, uh, men and men, women, whatever. You know, we need to be able to be strong together and to move forward um, for everyone. Like, I think that um, this idea that we have to figure it out on our own and be perfect is just something that we need to just debunk and, and throw away because I think it's it's really time for everyone to band together. Yeah. Well, the highlight reel is not going to be as much of a highlight as we've seen this year. Like good things still happen, but you have to realize that sometimes good things happen out of the bad things. Yes. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different reel. Mm-hmm. You got to look a little life reel. Yeah. Yeah. You have to look a little, you have to look a little harder. Have You have to have special glasses mm-hmm. to look at this reel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, both of you for spending time with me and chatting. Um, and I really appreciate all of your wisdom and I just, it gives me great encouragement that it is possible to have a relationship go through, um, ups and downs and to come out even stronger. So I'm so like, I don't want to say proud of you, but congratulations. (laughs) Like, I think that's amazing. That's a lot of hard work and it's paying off. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's amazing. Yeah. It's just one of those things that it's possible. It's just not something that you usually plan for. (laughs) Most definitely. But I think that, you know, you have to go out on the limb to find the fruit, right? So yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you both. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Flipping Dreams. I hope that it was super inspiring for you. And I hope it was just a reality check that we all face super difficult times and issues. And there is no one way to crack the nut. So I I hope that this was really encouraging to you and to maybe think, flip things different, you know, change things up and see where, you know, you can take something negative and turn it into a positive change that will actually benefit everyone. So I look forward to hosting you with another conversation next week. In the meantime, don't forget, it's never too late to transform your past and empower your future. Thank you for listening to Flipping Dreams.